Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. morning on this 17th day of December. Where in the word are you today? I am in the 17th chapter of the gospel according to Luke. I hope you are joining us as we read through the Bible. Um, you can check out those resources at myfaithradio.com. Um, today, today is a great day today. It's Friday. Um, it's the end of the week. It's the beginning of the weekend. It's just a week before Christmas. I am sure that um, like me, you have Lots of things to check off your list, um, and not least of which is like wrapping gifts. So just just know that's like I have a pile. Um, today, today is Great Giveaway Day. If you've been participating with us in the Great Giveaway, then you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't yet uh, joined us, there's still time. So uh, go to myfaithradio.com, check out the Great Giveaway, and we want to hear your stories of acts of kindness, uh, and we're going to celebrate those on Susie Larson Live this afternoon. I'm going to join Susie. Bill Arnold will be there as well. We're going to listen to your stories. We're going to share your stories. We're going to celebrate um, the good things that God has done uh, in and through his people through the great giveaway. And then, yeah, we're going to give stuff away. So you can text or call with your story uh, at 877-933-2484. And you can um, still sign up to join us at MyFaithRadio.com. Uh, many of you have been asking for an updated you know, farm report. So the Friday farm report um, is just this. Trees, trees, trees. That's it. Trees, trees, trees. So, yes, we had many casualties of the tornadic activity in my area um, a week ago tonight. But all of our casualties of the storm um, were of the tree variety. So chickens are fine. Dogs are fine. People are all fine. Um, The kids here got an early start on Christmas break. They've been out all week um, because we haven't had power until just early yesterday. Um, Camping in your living room is a thing. Chinese laundry on your front porch is in no way, shape, or form meant to sound derogatory. It's just what it looks like. So there you go. Um, and now we are going to have four days of rain. So there, <laughs> so there you go. Um, just before everything shut down for COVID in the spring of 2020, we actually spent a day on the other side of town with a friend named Jen, whose property had been really decimated by a tornado that passed on the east side of Nashville um, at that point in time. And it was interesting. I, you know, she was one of the first people to reach out when she saw that Kingston Springs, uh, you know, had been hit by a tornado Um last Friday night, early Saturday morning. And it occurs to me that um, we shouldn't, we shouldn't wait that long. Like those of us who love each other in the Lord, whenever the Lord brings a person to mind, we should reach out to them and reconnect. Um, I love my friend, Jen, and I regret that, you know, I let nearly two years pass 
and didn't, you know, like didn't intentionally reach out and check up on her. Um, it's long-term recovery for a lot of folks. Um, it's going to be very long-term recovery for people in Kentucky and and other places decimated by uh, the storms of last weekend and even just this week. So do what you can. And today, do this. Whoever the Lord brings to mind, whoever that is, reach out to them, text them, email them, pick up the phone and call them and just say, hey, God put you on my heart. God put you on my heart. Um, I know a family in, um, uh, Paul, help me out here with the pronunciation. Is it Albert Lee? Albert Lee. Yeah. So I yeah. know a family that's historically from there and I know their grandparents live there. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to, I'm going to just text my friend and say, Hey, are your parents okay? So anyway, that's just a thought, um, today, whoever it is that God puts on your heart, um, from whatever region of the country or around the world affected by recent storms, um, or just the challenges of life, like whoever that is, just reach out to them today. That could be your act of kindness. Um, Adam Holtz is up next. We're going to check in on what's on the big screen and what's on our small screens. And, um, well, we're going to ask very specifically, what's he doing during Christmas break? Yep, that's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Jesus, oh Jesus, there's just something. All right. Um, thank you uh, to uh, to Mark, uh, who is asking from Madison, Wisconsin, how did the writing week go? So let me give you a quick update on that. Yes, huge progress on the book. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. It will be done when there are something like 37,000 words. And right now we're at 33,000. So, yeah, getting dangerously close. All right, Adam Holtz, have you written a book this week? What have you been doing? <laughs> Uh, I have been in Los Angeles most of the week. I flew out Wednesday morning for the premiere of American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story. And strangely enough, and believe me, it was a strange and wonderful experience. I was on the red carpet Wednesday night. What? uh, Interviewing the stars of the show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Okay, so that's super fun. Not on our list of things to talk about today. And so making me so glad I asked. Yeah, yeah. So okay, what did you wear pla- on the red carpet? Because that seems important. That's sort of what the red uh, carpet is all about, right? I think I wore I wore Target and uh, <laughs> maybe a. Dash I think you're of supposed Walmart. to say, aren't you supposed <laughs> to say like Target when you Target? Like, you should no, definitely, actually, yeah. I did buy a new sports coat, not from Target. So, uh, but the strange thing, um, you think of California as always warm. Yeah, it was colder here than it was in Colorado, and I didn't even bring a coat. And so I literally have been freezing cold for three days, and yesterday my plane got canceled. So uh, I'm actually still in California, right across from LAX as we speak, uh, and I'll fly out tonight. Oh, so and it's super early, so thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, All right, well, so pretty, let's just start with— Let's start with American Underdog since you Absolutely. went to the premiere, which that's so cool. All right. So American yes. Underdog. Yeah, this is the Kurt Warner story. And you probably have a lot of listeners in your area who are familiar with Kurt Warner because he went to the University of Northern Iowa, which, of course, is in Cedar Falls, which 
is uh, well within the range, I think, of, of your station. Uh, and Kurt's story is sort of the ultimate underdog story. He wants to go pro, and he uh, it doesn't work out. He is very briefly, like, for exactly two days with the uh, – oh, yeah, what are they called? The Green Bay Packers. It's really early, and I'm on my first cup of really horrendous <laughs> coffee, so bear with me. Uh, he gets cut. Uh, and along the way, he meets a woman named Brenda who has two children. She's divorced. One of her children is blind from an accident shortly after he was born. And Brenda is a person of faith. And, and really, this is as much uh, a story about Kurt and Brenda's relationship as it is about Kurt's football path. And eventually, of course, probably if you're a football fan, you know what happened. He ended up on the St. Louis Rams and their starting quarterback got hurt and he had the dream season. He stepped in and led the Rams to Super Bowl victory and Super Bowl glory and MVP and had one of the greatest seasons of all time in 1999 uh, and then was at Super Bowl 34. And so uh, along the way, he became a believer. This is sort of a it's an odd kettle of fish in that it's a Christian movie and not a Christian movie. It's done by John and Andrew Irwin. Uh, I got a chance to talk to both of them, and they've done things like Woodlawn, I Can Only Imagine, you know, things that you would definitely quantify as a Christian movie. This is a movie uh, that has faith elements, but it's more that that's the faith stuff is the stuff that happened along the way. It's a part of their story as opposed to what feels like an, ex, you know, yeah. it doesn't exclusively feel Christian movie. No, it didn't yeah. feel forced at all. And it's a wonderful movie. Uh, Zachary Levi, who played Shazam, uh, is Kurt Warner, and Anna Paquin is his um, wife, Brenda. And I got a chance to talk to both of them. And if you go to Plugged In, uh, our Instagram page, you can see I live streamed the whole thing for like three hours. Uh, there were some technical glitches that we're trying to fix, um, but it was a, a pretty amazing experience overall. All right. So you want to check out the Instagram page for Plugged In, where you can see Adam Holtz interviewing um, people from American Underdog on the red carpet in L.A. And I should also say the carpet, the carpet was black, which caught mm -hmm. me off guard a little bit. It was also at the Chinese Theater, which is the most important and most historically significant theater in Hollywood and probably the world. And my, most importantly, it's where Star Wars debuted. So I was very excited about that. <laughs> I have your headline hook for you to um, post post your American underdog stuff um, because I feel like Steph Curry, you know, becoming the NBA's three point uh, greatest of all time and and a yeah. person of faith, and then Bryce Young, uh, Alabama QB, winning the Heisman Trophy and giving all glory to God, and Simone Biles being named Times Athlete of the Year, all three very very publicly expressive Christians. Um, I feel like that maybe is your head is your like headline hook for everything you could post about American underdog and not feel like it's just you posting that you got to be on the red carpet. There you go. That's well, my you, encouragement. You know, at this no. point, I, you know, we live in a world of self-promotion and if I don't <laughs> promote us, totally I'm not sure fun. we will. <laughs> it's totally fun. All right. Adam Holt tonight will be back in just a moment. He is going to tell us whether or not Spider-Man No Way Home is worth our time. And he's also going to introduce us to Rumble and Sing Too. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. All right, we're continuing our conversation with Adam Holtz from Focus on the Family's Plugged In. You can check out the reviews 
that um, that we're about to discuss at PluggedIn.com. Adam, let's do these reviews quickly so we can talk about the Billie Eilish story. Yep. Uh, okay. Spider-Man, uh, I, uh, as a fan, I loved it. As a plugged-in guy, it gets mixed reviews. So this is a very satisfying story that picks up where the last Spider-Man left off. Uh, the upshot is that Spider-Man's identity has been revealed to the world as Peter Parker. And uh, there's somebody who dies at the end of the last movie, and about half of the people think he's a murderer, and the other half, you know, basically are worshiping him. They're both problems. He goes to Doctor Strange and says, hey, can you do something to make everybody forget that I'm Spider-Man? Doctor Strange tries to do that, but as often happens with magic spells that affect everybody in the entire world, it goes awry and brings back a bunch of villains from previous movies. So mm -hmm. it's a All right, really, Rumble. Uh, really meta movie. Rumble is a new animated movie about uh, kaiju. Kaijus are like, you know, Godzilla, King Kong, giant, giant <laughs> animals. Of course they uh, are. That destroys destroy cities, but they've come up with a new plan. Instead of having them destroy cities, they wrestle against each other in the World <laughs> Monsters uh, Wrestling League. So this is a, a great story about uh, a comeback monster of sorts, uh, but one that really gets into, uh, I think, story themes of, of family and um, the importance of being able to be different, uh, but loving those who are different. Um, of everything we're talking about today, this is the one I haven't had a chance to see yet. So uh, you can certainly check out Paul uh, AC's full review of this one. He kind of loved it, uh, but it's got some problems. It's got, uh, you know, some cynicism, some violence. But uh, he says it offers some nice messages to kids about perseverance, courage during adversity, and the importance of just having fun. So there you go. Mm. All right. Um, sing two. Sing 2 uh, is a lot like Sing 1, only it's Sing 2. It's a bunch <laughs> of animals that go to Las Vegas to try to hit the big time, and uh, chaos ensues. And they have to go recruit an old uh, former singer who uh, is sort of uh, played by Bono uh, to, uh, to join their, their act, their Las Vegas act. Um, nice movie, a little bit of toilet humor. If you've seen the first one, you know exactly what to expect here. All right. Um, while you're at PluggedIn.com, check out Emily Clark's Five Christmas Traditions to Bring Your Family Together in a Technology-Driven Culture. That's just an excellent, excellent blog post. Um, I'd love to use the few minutes we have remaining, Adam, to talk about this um, New York Post article um, where Billie Eilish talks about when she started watching porn which yeah. she was 11, and then what she says about the effects it's had on her brain and her life. Yeah, here's what I love about this. Um, obviously, it's a tragic story, and she says, I started watching porn when I was 11, just as you said. I didn't understand why it was a bad thing. I thought that's how you learn to have sex. And then she goes on and says, I think it really destroyed my brain, and I feel incredibly devastated that I was exposed to so much porn. I had sleep paralysis and these almost like night terrors, just nightmares. I think that's how they started, because I would just watch abusive pornography, and that's what I thought was attractive, and it got to the point where I couldn't watch anything unless it was violent, and I didn't think it was attractive. Um, and then she goes on to talk about how this influenced her own sexual decisions. There are so many layers here. Uh, well, let me actually say, quote, one more thing. She says, women's bodies don't look like that, and we don't enjoy the things that it looks like we're enjoying. Um, 
I think that we have, of course, just the idea that a lot of kids are exposed to pornography when they're young. And because they don't have any frame of reference, they think what they're seeing is normal. And so I love that she's looking back and saying, this is not normal. It warped me. It did horrible things to my perspective. It led to bad decisions. And then I think <clears throat> the idea that she was watching increasingly violent porn gets to the the idea of desensitization, that when you get into it, uh, for a lot of people, it it goes from you know, more softcore to something that is more hardcore and violent. Uh, and then she talks about how it affected her sex life. And the other thing I like about this is we, we also um, often hear about this idea that sex is good and the whole sex positivity culture. And obviously sex is good. God has designed it for a particular purpose and for a particular context in the context of marriage to produce children. Uh, and it's a reflection of uh, of his identity and who he is. We're made in God's image. <clears throat> but our culture often treats it like, uh, you know, this is a good thing. And I think she's calling that lie what it is for what it is. So kudos to her for speaking out against this on the Howard Stern show of all of all places. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, where, that's where a good there would have been an <clears throat> yeah, where there would have been an audience listening that's not the audience listening to this program. Like, right. This is exactly yeah, I think that's fair to fair to assume. Um, I, I felt like her candid. I mean, she's so candid in this about so many things. Um, yeah. And I think that's worthy of public appreciation, even if yep. this is an artist who, you know, m maybe there are things about her that you don't appreciate. Um, but this is one of those things that gives us the opportunity to lift up a public witness and testimony and point to something that we have said, you know, from a Christian worldview, you know, pornography has no place in the Christian's life. Right. And yet there yep. are a lot of Christians, a lot of Christians actively yep. engaged in Internet pornography. Um, it is not a harmless pastime. It is extremely addictive. And once the hook is set in your head, especially if you're young, like it doesn't yeah. just change the way you see others, it actually does change your brain. She's not wrong. She's not wrong right. when she says it messed up her brain. Like that is literally what happens. So yeah, um, yeah I appreciate your willingness to talk about it. And uh, for folks who, who are looking for it, we're reading it um, from the entertainment page of the New York Post. So that's nypost.com. Billie Eilish began watching porn at 11. It really destroyed my brain. Um, Adam Holtz, as always, thank you so much. Thank you for what you do every day at Plugged In. Hope you get home safely to your people. Thank you, Carmen. Good talking with you. You too. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We'll be right back. Oh, this is when you shouldn't be scrolling through your show notes and reading what's on the text line. You should be thinking about what you're going to say when everybody comes back. Hello. This is Carmen LaBerge. Um, we are going to talk with um, a representative from the Convoy of Hope about everything uh, that is being done, efforts underway uh, to bring relief and hope and resources to bear on the just the widespread disaster, specifically in Kentucky, but really throughout the mid-states of the U.S. So that conversation is up next. Um, while we're preparing for that, 
Let me invite you again to visit us at MyFaithRadio.com and join us in the great giveaway. This afternoon on Susie Larson Live, Bill Arnold and I are going to join Susie. It's like a, I don't know, it's like an all-in party. Um, And we're going to be sharing and celebrating the stories of the acts of kindness of the hundreds of people that have been joining us in the great giveaway. And yes, we're going to give stuff away So be sure that we know you're in with us by going to MyFaithRadio.com and joining the great giveaway if you have not done so already. And then text or record, I think you call, call 877-933-2484 and share your story with us so that we can share it with everybody else. That's the big plan. It's the great giveaway. And today's the day. We'll be right back. This is Max Lucado. Imagine with me this conversation between God and Satan. Emmanuel, God with us. Satan spoke in a tone of disbelief. The plan is bizarre. You don't know what it is like on earth. It's evil. It's mine, proclaimed the king, and I will reclaim what is mine. I will become flesh. Satan stood speechless, and God spoke. I love my children. Love does not take away the beloved's freedom, but love does take away fear. And Emmanuel will leave behind a tribe of fearless children, and they will not fear you. They will not fear your hell. I will take away all sin. I will take away death. And without sin and death, you will have no power. Around and around in a circle, Satan paced, finally stopping to ask, Why would you do this? And the father's voice was deep and soft because I love them. Joining us now, Sarah Forhats. She is one of the national spokespeople for Convoy of Hope. Sarah, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Thank you so much. Good to be here, Carmen. Thank you. Um, Tell us where you are and what you're experiencing. We have been in Kentucky and Tennessee, Mayfield, Princeton, Madisonville, Bowling Green, Troy, Eaglewood, um, and the list goes on. Now, normally, Carmen, we would go to one area and set up shop in a church parking lot, for instance, and use their army of volunteers to pass out the supplies that Convoy of Hope brings in, food, water, tarps, cleaning supplies. But this tornado, as you know, was so unique in that we're talking about a 220-mile path So instead of going to one location, we are in multiple locations with truckloads of supplies, and we are still relying on those local churches to distribute that product to the people. And let's talk about the kinds of things you guys are distributing. I mean, part of this, when we talk about Convoy of Hope, part of it is the fact that you show up and bear witness to people that they are not alone, but you also bring the things they actually need. So so talk about um, the kinds of things that are being distributed. Um, right in the aftermath, so, so the immediate days after, it's food, it's water, it's tarps um, for those people who maybe only had partially um, part of their roof who w- that was torn off. Um, but now it's hygiene kits, cleaning supplies. Um, but as you alluded to there, I mean, we are we are kind of there for the long haul uh, based on people's generosity. And we have seen an outpouring um, from people across the country, many of them faith listeners, um, because they know that when you follow Jesus, you are compelled to go 
and help your neighbor. And so, yeah, we're still there. I mean, really with the basics, because there's still a lot of people who don't have power, who don't have running water. Um, and so that water and food is still mission critical. Yeah. So let's talk about, you know, like generators and, and winter clothes. And then let's also talk about, um, Sarah, like what people can do, because sending the wrong thing to the wrong place is actually not helpful. There's not a place to store supplies in these communities. Like there are no warehouses. All of it is gone. So just talk really practically to people who want to do something like what's the best, most practical thing to do. I'll tell you what we have done. We have partnerships with churches on the ground. So as you you know, recall from looking at tornado images, you might have um, a block of houses or businesses or churches that are decimated. And then right next door, there is one that's still standing. So we have been on the ground in contact with different pastors who say, hey, my pastor is, or my church is still standing. I've got an army of volunteers, but we need tarps. Our people need tarps or our people need generators. And then convoy is really a conduit of supply to those local pastors so that they can then be the boots on the ground. Uh, this is unique in that when you're talking 30 different tornadoes in six states, convoy does not have the manpower in and of itself. That's why we mobilize the local church. Um, but yeah, we are giving people specifics. Um, and fortunately, we're able to do that because we have amazing partners who we can call on and say, hey, they need an abundance of baby care kits. There's a lot of babies that need diapers and formula and those sorts of things. And we're able to work with those local church pastors. Now, as an individual, I know what you're talking about because you know, we're so close to Christmas. I've had a lot of people even reach out and say, hey, I would like to give Christmas presents to these kids. And you understand the sentiment, of course, um, especially if you have children, you get it. But like you alluded to, I mean, when you don't even have a living room um, in which to open the presents, that might not be the most critical need right now. So that's why dollars go further through Convoy of Hope. And that's because of our incredible partners that allow us to buy things at a much cheaper price than you can do on your own if you were to just to go to a local hardware store, Walmart or whatever. Yeah. So convoyofhope.org, convoyofhope.org. One of the things that you'll see there, um, you know, are the disaster services currently being offered to, you know, real people in real time um, who, you know, suffered just desperately um, in relationship to these uh, tornadoes. Um, Sarah, I live in Kingston Springs, Tennessee. So um, we, yeah, (laughs) so um, we've, I have shared, um, you know, with folks that, you know, here at my house, you know, we only experience the loss of trees, but some 40 of them. And so it's taking us some time just, you know, right here to work our way through all of that. But we have people in our community who have lost their homes and, um, and churches that have been affected. And you're exactly right. Churches in the local community, they become, particularly in this part of the country, like they become the hub um, for everything. And so let me just encourage you, if you're listening and you have a relationship in a particular community, reach out to the church in that community um, and see, you know, what would actually be most helpful, Um, because not everything that we think would be helpful is necessarily helpful. And so Convoy of Hope and others, um, they know what they're doing. This is what they do full time. uh, And they are able to respond to critical needs in real time. And so, Sarah, we're just so thankful that not only are you guys doing what you're doing, but you're here today um, to share with us. Why don't you tell us a story of someone you've met 
um, just in this particular experience this week? I think what is the coolest thing is when you talk to the people who maybe didn't even go to church, but like you said, they understand that the church has become the hub and then they keep in relationship with that church long after this is cleaned up. Um, we saw that in Joplin. We saw, I mean, we've seen it really all over the country. And I think it just speaks to being a part of the body of Christ, um, which we are called to be a part of the body. I mean, when we are grafted in, it feels like family and family responds. Um, and so I think my favorite people to meet are those who end up getting connected with the body. And it's something that was missing out of their life that they never knew they needed until they saw how the body responded to the injured member and really held them, you know, held them in place and lifted up their arms and allowed them to see the hope um, that we have in Jesus and that they are now finding in Jesus because of that initial relationship that was started out of tragedy. Yeah, we have um, folks texting in saying, you know, who can we contact to help? Um, and let me just say, visit convoyofhope.org. That's the organization that Sarah represents. We're talking with her right now. Um, yesterday, Sarah, um, the president of the United States had some really nice things to say um, mm -hmm. to and about uh, Convoy of Hope. Um, you want to share? You want to share with us about that? Yeah, it was pretty uh, neat. My husband is also a national spokesperson for Convoy of Hope. He and I kind of tag teamed this role, and he was in Kentucky and got to see President Biden touring the damage and really pledging his support for those people and the communities that are are grieving, you know, especially around Christmas time, because I think we all have this expectation around Christmas of, um, you know, happy memories and gifts and families. Um, anyway, though, it was awesome to hear the president um, really reply that the the body of Christ and, and different organizations and humanitarian organizations that are there are doing the work of God. He said, you are doing God's work. And we truly believe that we are the hands and feet of Jesus, which then gives us the voice of Jesus to tell people the reason for the hope that is within us. Yeah, Convoy of Hope's been really quick to respond. We're going to continue our conversation Um with uh, with Sarah here in just a moment, continuing to talk about uh, what's happening and how God is providing real relief in real time to real people uh, on the ground across the areas affected by the recent tornadoes in the central part of the United States of America. You can see what's happening and learn more at convoyofhope.org. We'll be right back. You can uh, visit Convoy of Hope at convoyofhope.org. You can also follow them on Twitter at Convoy of Hope. We are talking with uh, Sarah Forhetz. She's one of the national spokespeople for Convoy of Hope. Um, and we're talking about, you know, in particular, how Convoy is responding right now in real time to the issues um, that people are facing in the Mid-South in the United States of America. Um, but Convoy of Hope is active, not just here in the U.S., but around the world. Sarah, um, maybe tell us a story that stands out to you in terms of either this week or, or even this year. Yeah, one of them was we went down back to Texas for Hurricane Harvey because we had helped there uh, four years ago was when that hit. And just to, you know, keep those relationships strong and um, continue those relationships with churches, because we know that you know, this sort of thing might happen again. And we, we rely on those people to get the, the product out. But I interviewed this woman who said, um, you know, you guys saved my life. 
Mm. And I said, really? I mean, that's that's a strong statement. Convoy of Hope saved your life. Like, that's a really strong statement. She said, well, we had just gotten hit from Hurricane Harvey. I had just gotten laid off from my job. I had a wayward child. Everything in my life was falling apart. And I literally was contemplating taking my life. I was sitting on my porch with a gun. And all of a sudden, a Convoy of Hope truck pulled up in my driveway with cheese sandwiches and chainsaws. Mm. And I said, wow. And she said, you thought it was just a cheese sandwich and you thought it was just a chainsaw. But little did they know what was happening in my mind in that moment. And they came over and they offered to help me get all the trees off my property so I could get out of my driveway. They gave me a cheese sandwich and they prayed with me. And for that reason, I'm still here four years later. And I think those are the stories where you you really grasp that hope is hard to come by for some people in some moments and seasons of life. And God in his sovereignty divinely intersects your mission with their current situation, and you offer them something that they are in desperate need of, unbeknownst to you, until you hear that sort of a testimony. You know, one of the things, Sarah, that stands out to me in that is um, sometimes you know, if we're the person who can't use the chainsaw, we fail to recognize that the cheese sandwich and the prayer and sitting on the porch with the person while the guys with the chainsaws do what they, you know, uniquely can do. Like, I think that sometimes we underestimate the value of the cheese sandwich and the prayer. And so I just think, well, because that's me, like, right. My husband is the guy with the chainsaw and the power equipment. And, um, you know, and in the last week, like every waking hour, he's been either on our property or on our street or with a neighbor or answering the call of the church to go and, you know, help so-and-so get out of their house or out of their driveway. Like it's, it's a big deal to be the guy that can do that. But being the person who can also just show up and be, present and a person of peace and share a cheese sandwich um, and offer to pray and listen. It's huge. And so I want you, you I want you guys listening right now to just recognize like, right, if that's you, if you're the cheese sandwich person and the prayer person, you are as important as the chainsaw person. Um, All of it matters right now to the people who need to know that the people of Christ will, will walk out of comfort and into chaos because we love people and we recognize that life is hard and that hope is um, running short in some people's lives. And so um, I just, Sarah, I love what you guys do. I'm one of those people that has to pull off the road um, when I see like the, like the line of trucks, the power trucks going from one place to another in response to a hurricane or in this uh, situation in response to, um, you know, tornadoes. I have to pull off the road because I'm yeah. I'm so moved by the way God uses people and equipment and resources and how it's all staged in times of peace in order that in moments of chaos, help can come. Like you guys have to store up these generators over time and these bottles of water and on and on and on. Talk, talk about that for a moment. Like Convoy of Hope is constantly staging material so that you're ready to respond when chaos comes. Yeah, we got from Clorox. I mean, it's so interesting. Right before Hurricane Ida hit, Clorox gave us this massive donation of cleaning supplies. Um, in fact, we had to rent an additional space to house the, the 
number of products that they were giving us. And, you, you know, you sit there and you think, what, when are we going to use all this? What are we going to do with all this? And then boom, Hurricane Ida hits. And God knew that was coming. And so much of what they needed um, still during this age of COVID was to be able to not just clean the water out of their house, but then to sanitize everything. And it was amazing how he went before and made a way. Also, we're, we're responding in Haiti still to that 7.2 earthquake in Haiti. Well, lo and behold, in Haiti, because of all of the gang violence that was happening, a lot of the roads were closed down to get to um, to get supplies to people. And as you know, the divine creator of the universe would have it, we actually had shipped um, in advance extra supplies to our warehouse in Haiti which was amazing because we would not have been able to get in there after that earthquake, but we shipped it just before a brand new load. And it's like, that is what you're talking about. That is um, God's business to orchestrate people and things sometimes unbeknownst to us. And it's just amazing. And you know, that point you were making, how beautiful to be the one who can bring the peace. Maybe you can't operate the chainsaw, but the peace of God that lives in your heart um, translates and transcends their understanding that they too are invited into this peace and this hope that we have and that we can give. You know, it's like, what is in your hand? You give me those five loaves and two fish. I will multiply it. I will bless it. But what is in your hand that you can use? We can all do something. Absolutely. Um, Sarah Forhats, um, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for what Convoy of Hope is doing on the ground, not just in mid-America, but across the country and around the world to, you know, alle- alleviate that that crisis moment. I mean, you guys are there in the crisis moment. And then you're also there for the long haul and circling back. And I just really appreciate that. You guys should check out what they're doing um, at convoyofhope.org. Tons of great stories. It's a wonderful place to connect if you're looking to help. Um, Sarah, blessings on you and others today. You too. Thank you, Carmen. Thank you. We'll be right back. Figgy pudding. I don't need any figgy pudding, Paul. No figgy you, pudding? What is figgy pudding? It's a familiar? pudding made of figs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and not having those. figgy pudding. Yeah. <laughs> um, we are going to do the great giveaway this afternoon, and we sure hope you will join us uh, 3 to 4 Central on Susie Larson Live. Bill Arnold and I will join Susie, and we will share the stories that you share with us um, about the acts of kindness that you have been doing. I know it's a little hard sometimes to tell on ourselves, but that's, you know, it's encouraging to one another, right, to hear the stories of the way God is using his people to bless others. Um, and so that's what we're looking for. Share your stories with us by texting or calling 877-933-2484. There's still time to join the ga- the great giveaway. You can do that at MyFaithRadio.com. And yes, we are going to be giving stuff away. So that's kind of fun too. Um, one viral video worth watching if you haven't seen it yet. There's a man in Western Kentucky. Um, his house has no roof. Um, it, there is chaos all around him. But he is sitting at the piano amidst the wreckage of his home. And his sister, um, unbeknownst to him, is behind him and she's recording. And um, he's just playing. There's something about that name. And 
that moment in this video just captures, I think, the reality of how grief is transformed when there's faith present. And so let's be praying for each other and let's be tending to one another today. And, you know, if you want to just be inspired and encouraged, check out the, it's just one viral video. Um, Kentucky Man Plays Piano will probably get you there. Indeed, there is something about that name. Thanks for being with us. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.